The wish fish approach is is really great because it's really moving us to where I think we need to be, um, into a space where we are multi-sectoral, multidisciplinary, and therefore able to very much more quickly and efficiently be able to adapt and adjust to disturbances and and change. And so this is going to be more and more important with you know climate change, which is obviously has. Uh, having uh, already a large impact on the Pacific. Hello, I'm Dr. Francis Dusan from the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security. Welcome to Contain This. Today, we're talking with three people coming together under our Watershed Interventions for Systems Health Project in Fiji, known as WISH. The WISH project is piloting new holistic and multi-sectoral approaches to addressing water, sanitation and health issues. It brings together environment, health and agricultural agencies in 29 communities across Fiji. I'm joined by the Chief Investigator for the project, Dr Aaron Jenkins, Senior Research Fellow in Planetary Health at the University of Sydney and Edith Cowan University. And Dr Sangeeta Mungabai, who is Director of the Wildlife Conservation Society Country Program in Fiji, as well as Suli Batikawai, WASH coordinator with the Fiji Ministry of Health. If I could start with you first, Aaron, just how bad is the problem of waterborne disease in Fiji and globally, and how challenging is it to combat them? If we look at things like poor drinking water, sanitation and hygiene, or what we call WASH, those factors alone cause around 60% of all of the global deaths from diarrhea. And if we look at waterborne diseases globally, they kill more kids than AIDS, malaria and measles combined. So this is pretty much the second leading cause of death among children under five. So these Water-related diseases are are being caused by a whole range of things. They're interacting environmental factors related to climate change, related to land use and changing social conditions. And as a result of that, we get both, you know, persistent uh, water-related diseases, but we also get these outbreaks of water-related diseases. And um, in Fiji... As with many of the Pacific Island countries, um, some of the, the most insidious and widespread of these diseases that have clear modifiable environmental factors are what the Pacific Island countries call the three plagues, which is leptospirosis, typhoid and dengue. And what's new or unique about WISH's approach to tackling these devastating environment and health problems with systems thinking? We're trying to address these diseases, among other things, by working with communities and government uh, at the scale of water sheds or water catchments or river basins, as they're called, to help modify factors around in in a nested way so uh in in systems so from the household right up to the community right up to the um watershed um and up into government 
in a in a kind of um, a nested way, if you kind of think of it as maybe nested Russian dolls or the the skin of an onion, the layers of skin of an onion, and you peel off each one of those layers. And so the way in which we are trying to address these are to intervene at each of those different levels because we find that being able to intervene at each of those different levels has a greater impact than intervening at any one level. Thanks very much, Aaron. And I like your description of systems thinking, like the layers of an onion or nested Russian dolls. Sangeeta from the Wildlife Conservation Society, how have you seen this systems thinking approach play out in the communities you're working with? They actually picked up the concepts very quickly. And in one of those communities, they clearly understood that their agricultural practice, which was getting closer and closer to rivers, was actually impacting these water systems that they relied on for whether it was for water, uh, you know, uh, washing clothes, um, you know, or for food, you know, fish and invertebrates that they might be collecting from the river. And we heard about a community that on their own decided to move some of their farms away from the uh, away from the river. And I thought that was just a really wonderful example of communities quickly understanding that relationship between the environmental health and their own health and taking um, actions. However, what we're hoping through this project and what we think is our theory is that a more systems approach, one in which human health is central, might really help shift communities away from practices that ultimately put them at risk. In other words, we think having a human health focus might provide a stronger incentive for investing in the health of natural ecosystems. I'd also like to welcome to the discussion Suli Batikawai, who describes himself as a part-time farmer, but is also the head of Fiji's National Water, Sanitation and Hygiene, or WASH, cluster. Suli, could I take you back to the history of the WISH project and what you were looking for? The Fiji WASH cluster set up with the aim to strengthen coordination of WASH activities in times of emergencies. The discussion for setting up a WASH cluster began following uh, TC Evans in uh, 2012, where a large number of Fiji population were affected, mostly in the Western division of uh, Viti Levu. The cluster brings together WASH uh, partners that implement was activities in communities, schools, and healthcare facilities in Fiji. These partners include uh, 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 civil society organizations or CSOs, the government agencies. Here in Fiji, we have uh, uh, the five uh, government agencies that are uh, part of the WASH cluster. Uh, one of them is WAF and uh, Water Authority of Fiji. Uh, Department of Water Insurance, and then uh, we have um, uh, Ministry of Economy and also the Ministry of uh, uh, Waterways. Eh? And then we have the faith-based organizations who are also um, part of the cluster. And lastly, the development partners such as uh, uh, UNICEF, um, WHO, uh, DFAT, to name a few. Aaron, how hard is it to get people talking across traditional silos? So, uh, in short, I'd say, you know, 
it's it's not an easy process, but that you have to make the time and the space to have intersectoral and interdisciplinary and cross various parts of society. You have to make the space to have the dialogue around specific problems and and respect everybody's knowledge and respect everybody's um, understanding of that problem to come to some kind of of agreement on how to move forward on on that particular problem. For example, within some of the watersheds where we have, you know, most of the communities coming together along with provincial administrators, along with forestry department, health department, uh, water authority, multiple sectors of government, multiple sectors of multiple communities, to try and work on a plan together to deal with those factors that are driving um, outbreaks of diseases and of water-related diseases. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time working with those villages uh, and departments to collect information around what seems to be driving those diseases in those communities and those watersheds. And then to see everybody come together with that information and their own local knowledge to come to come up with solutions that are across sectors that aren't, you know, we all understand that the problems, these health issues are not things that can be solved by the health sector alone and that they have to be solved across sectors and with a strong local involvement. Sangeeta, within these communities, how important is it to ensure that there are women sitting at the decision-making table as well as implementing activities? If you actually look at, for example, the different roles that members of the community play, women actually play a dominant role in the water space. They're often the ones that are, for example, accessing water, as part of their role in the household, whether it's, you know, providing drinking water for their families, um, cleaning, keeping their homes uh, well looked after, or things like washing clothes. So many uses, you know, we obviously need for, for water. However, when you look at like any changes in the infrastructure, so for example, when a pipe breaks, it actually can have huge consequences for women who then may need to travel further to access water. And their access to water, therefore, affects the environment in the house and, and what, you know, them being able to minimize disease risk for their families. And so what we find in Fiji is that we have these village water committees, and they've been set up in partnership with government authorities to play a role in the management, the operation, the maintenance of water and infrastructure. But when you look at these committees in detail, you actually see that women are either not represented at all or very poorly represented. And so as part of the Wish Fiji project, Sarah Nelson, who is a PhD student at the University of Sydney's School of Public Health, who is affiliated with the project, she led a very interesting study to assess how the decision-making structures, the roles uh, around the roles and the actions of village-level water committees. And she found that, yes, there were really these great processes in place for decision-making and membership, but actually women really, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, weren't really present and actually men dominated in that. So what you do have is this sort of disconnect between men looking after one part of the water system and then the women who have a key role in it not being included. 
So, you know, this is something that we want to try and address through the Wish Fiji project is to try and bring these things together because obviously women play a big role in the health of their families. You know, they're the ones that are looking after their children or the elderly if they fall ill. And so we want to try and build these more inclusive processes. So being very gender inclusive, including all people, all um, members and groups in a community to jointly work to try and resolve these um is the challenges they face, but also in terms of maintaining these key life supporting needs that they have, like access to clean water. So, Suli, what have been the outstanding lessons or impacts from the WISH project that you have noticed so far? The, uh, the WISH program um, uh, activity has really made an impact to the, uh, to the community. One of the goals that we would like to reach when uh, when working with community is to to enable the community to take ownership of their health okay and not just uh, 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 you know for the community to, to be relying on us every time so wish has come in and uh, made an impact by continuing or, or improving the system of uh, empowering the community, especially on taking ownership of the water supply system, the sanitation system, and uh, the overall hygiene uh, practice. Eh? And uh, also uh, continue for the community to continue to make sure that, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, they have enough uh, uh, infrastructure or standpipes in the community that supports hand washing with soap uh, to ensure, uh, um, and also for the practicing of, um, of hand washing to be uh, monitored uh, closely. One of the area that uh, we, we are lacking here in Fiji is uh, training on water quality, drinking water quality monitoring and uh, especially on using portable uh, testing machine we're able to provide um, training for the health inspectors that are in the areas that have been most affected by by the cyclones in how to use uh, POTA labs are portable lab laboratories for for testing the quality of water for those communities um, to be able to identify where um, there's the the water is contaminated and so that then that we can identify new sources of water or alternative sources of water that aren't contaminated for those communities. So it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag of assistance, but it's generally just being present um, with the cluster and, and trying to find, you know, where there are gaps uh, in expertise and gaps in, um, you know, geographical placing of, of folks uh, that we can help out uh, wherever we can. And finally, I guess to you all now, and the challenge of creating resilience to deal with future unforeseen issues. Fiji has faced serious emergency responses in the last 12 months alone, from Cyclone Yasa to dealing now with COVID. What can WISH Systems Thinking offer Fiji and the broader Pacific region to increase resilience to the growing impacts of climate change? So I think that... Um the tropical cyclones that Fiji has experienced, especially over the last 12 months, have really highlighted 
especially for our communities, some of the concepts, some of the ideas that we've been sharing with them and discussing with them around Wish Fiji about this relationship between healthy environments and healthy people. And in particular, some of the key messages that we were giving in those early days is that as you change and you modify catchments, yeah, this can lead to, to downstream impacts. And these impacts can really come out very strongly after periods of heavy rainfall, but in particularly after cyclones. One of the village, you know, it was really quite a frightening event for them because the river literally broke its banks and the river changed its pathways and moved during this massive cyclone. They also saw that their farms that they grew on kind of steep slopes, the sort of the, the, the soil landslides that had happened, making it very difficult for them to access, but also caused a lot of damage to crops, but also, you know, posed a danger to their lives. And so this is, you know, through this kind of horrible tragedy has then enabled us to at least be able to um, have a dialogue with them about let's do things differently. You know, how can we help you build back better? So let's look at some of the things that didn't work that made you vulnerable to these natural disasters. What can we do differently? And so things we've been discussing are like, you know, as you build back and you're reseeding your farms, you know, what are good agricultural practices to be doing? Etc. And so it, it provides an opportunity to try and change, hopefully, the way um, people are using their land in a way so it doesn't come back and really harm them from a health perspective. We hope that, uh, uh, you know, after the, after the cyclone and now the pandemic, uh, communities will be more resilient. Uh, through the trainings that they had from uh, from Fiji, not only the training, but the, the work they've been doing together on the ground, and also uh, the knowledge and the skills that have been uh, uh, imparted to them by the, the WISH program. And um, uh, that will um, uh, ensure them uh, to continue to look after their, 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 their water community, continue to meet oftenly, and uh, continue to um, look at their water supply system to ensure that they minimize uh, the risk of, uh, of the drinking water being, um, being uh, polluted, and also the sanitation system in the community, they continue to ensure that every household has a, has a latrine or a toilet. One of the things that's also a great outcome of this project, and um, we don't often see this in, in health projects, is that we've gotten commitment from communities to establish protected areas or protected forest reserves around the headwaters of their catchments. And I think that this is a, an important point of discourse that we need to, to highlight, particularly during, during the COVID pandemic, where we view, it's important to view conservation as as preventative medicine it's as as prevention for health poor health outcomes so 
uh, viewing conservation as a means of outbreak prevention, as a means of pandemic prevention, uh, really needs to get more traction, I believe. And um, this is one of the great things about partnering with uh, a conservation organisation such as Wildlife Conservation Society is that we can make these and utilise the experience of, of the Wildlife Conservation Society in establishing protected areas and helping communities establish protected areas as a means of achieving both ecosystem outcomes such as you know more fish and uh, cleaner water and higher biodiversity as well as the health outcomes that we want which are around water related disease and and outbreak prevention um, and pandemic prevention so it's looking it's really that that wish is looking for these win-wins these triple wins of of co-benefits of of particular upstream actions that you can take that have multiple wins across uh, several elements of society that not just health but um, but biodiversity and and the downstream impacts on coral reefs and therefore tourism and um, and to try and actually measure some of these impacts of of acting in this upstream way. I mean, it's a, it's a tall order to try and tackle everything, but um, I think, you know, fundamentally we need to recognise that all of our systems that we, you know, strive to, to better, uh, if we think about sustainable development goals, for example, everything that from the economy to our um, health to um, the state of our well-being is founded on ecosystems. If we recognise that in the way that we do everything um, uh, in terms of organise ourselves, organise our governance, organise our communities, then I think we'll be uh, better off in the end. The, the wish fishy approach is, is really great because it's really moving us to where I think we need to be, um, into a space where we are multi-sectoral, multidisciplinary, and therefore able to very much more quickly and efficiently be able to adapt and adjust to disturbances and, and change. And so this is going to be more and more important with, you know, climate change, which is obviously has uh, having a, already a large impact on the Pacific and it's only going to worsen unless we can reverse the trend the, the planet is on. And the more that we can try and build these resilient systems, the more that we can have systems that also can respond to changes, whether it's cyclones coming in, pandemics, or also these multiple dis disturbances that might happen in the same time, it's going to put us in a better place to be able to um, respond to change. And we're going to have to learn how to manage and respond more adaptively to these things as they, as they come in. And that's what I like about the Wish Fiji is that it, it is trying to bring multiple sectors together. It's trying to get much more dialogue across them. It's also making us think more about the trade-offs, that we've got to stop making some of these trade-offs where we prioritise one sector and then it has these detrimental um, uh, effects on, on other sectors and it then affects, you know, uh, human well-being. Because what we would like to see is that if this model works and we really already feel it, it, it is, we'd like to better roll that out wider to the Pacific because this is really relevant to our other Pacific Island nations. But it's also, I think, relevant to other countries like Australia. We all need to be thinking about these systems approaches and thinking about the way 
as Aaron articulated, how dependent we are in nature and seeing nature as a preventative, seeing nature as a way to build resilience to all these other uh, challenges we're going to face like climate change. There's certainly challenges, but it's great to hear how Wish Fiji is really making a difference, enabling cross-sectoral and community behaviour change and creating stronger systems. Suli, Sankita and Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Here at the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security, we continue to support the project with additional funding from Bloomberg Philanthropies. In this episode, we have been joined by Senior Research Fellow in Planetary Health at the University of Sydney and Edith Cowan University, Dr. Aaron Jenkins. Director of the Wildlife Conservation Society Country Program in Fiji, Sangeeta Mongabai, and the WASH Coordinator at Fiji's Ministry of Health and Medical Services, Suli Batikawai. Join us next fortnight for the next episode of Contain This. Contain This.